Hey there, it's Martine. Quick note that in a previous version of this episode, we got a date wrong at the top of the show. So what you're about to hear has been corrected. Here we go. 18 years ago, a former shop cleaner in Russia had a baby. No father was listed on official Russian documents, but the child's middle name was listed as Vladimirovna, meaning daughter of Vladimir. And a report in Russian media has suggested that that Vladimir is a pretty high-profile one, as in Russian President Vladimir Putin. Next thing you know, this former shop cleaner has a luxury apartment in Monaco that cost millions of euros. Ultimately, this is a story about government accountability and whether this woman's alleged proximity to power in Russia, alleged proximity to Vladimir Putin, played any role in her amassing large amounts of wealth, including this apartment on the Mediterranean. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Wednesday, October 6th. Paul Sony covers national security for The Post. And for the last 10 months, he's been part of a team at The Post combing through the Pandora Papers. That is the set of more than 11.9 million documents obtained by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists and reviewed by The Post. These documents reveal how world leaders, billionaires, and in some cases, people convicted or credibly accused of crimes have hidden their vast wealth in complicated offshore trusts, including in the United States. And when you tally up all of the beneficial owners, the thousands of beneficial owners found in these documents, when you tally all of that up, the largest number of people comes from Russia. Today, the third story in our series about the Pandora Papers, a mystery in Monte Carlo, and what it says about government accountability in Russia. There is an entire world out there of secretive movements of money around the world. And what we're interested in as reporters is whether those movements of money trace back to politics and the power that people, in this case, the voters of Russia, entrust with their leaders. So you have been looking into one particular set of documents that reveal some things that we didn't know previously about a Russian woman reportedly connected to President Vladimir Putin. Tell us who she is and how they're supposedly connected. So Svetlana Krivonogik is a woman who lives in St. Petersburg, which is Vladimir Putin's hometown. And late last year, a Russian publication called Projekt came out with a sensational story, which essentially alleged that she not only had been in a relationship with Vladimir Putin, but had a child who resembles Putin during that relationship. It was reported that she had a relationship with him starting in the late 90s and then into the mid-2000s. And the Kremlin dismissed this revelation as yellow journalism and unfounded allegations. And she hasn't spoken publicly at all. So what we know from this Russian investigative publications reporting, but also from public documents that we've reviewed, and then also from the Pandora Papers, is that she has become an incredibly, incredibly wealthy woman. She owns a stake in Bank Garcia that is considered essentially 
the personal bank of Putin's inner circle. And that is worth tens of millions of dollars, um, if not more. And she also owns multiple apartments in St. Petersburg in extremely exclusive places. She has a stake in a ski resort north of St. Petersburg. She's reported to have a yacht. And her daughter, who has a fairly robust Instagram presence, is often shown, you know, with the trappings of luxury. She's very into fashion. She's into buying designer handbags, um, designer clothing, talks about how, you know, she spends a lot of time in France. So she is part of this very small group of uh, Russian elites who have access to this world of wealth. So what exactly do the Pandora Papers reveal about this woman's wealth? There's a company in the British Virgin Islands called Brockville. It was created in 2003. And the documents show that this company's beneficial owner was Svetlana Krivonogich, this woman who's alleged to have been associated with Putin. And so she is the beneficial owner of this company through, essentially, through other companies. It's a company tucked inside another company. And there was a mention in the documents that this company owned assets in Monaco. So then we went and searched the Monaco property records to see, is anything owned by this company called Brockville? And lo and behold, months after this shawl company was created in 2003, an apartment, a luxury apartment in this building called the Monte Carlo Star uh, was purchased by this company. And according to the Monaco property records, the company still owns it today. So if you were trying to track the ownership, you would just lead to a dead end. But then there's this secret bear trust agreement that is revealed in the documents, which says, hey, while that company may own this company on paper, uh, actually this company is really owned by Svetlana Krivonogic, this woman. And so that's one of the ways that these assets are often held so that people can't figure out who owns them or, or track their ownership. And so what do we learn from that big picture? I think what we learn from the ownership of the apartment itself is that a woman who we thought was incredibly wealthy turns out to be even wealthier. And it raises a whole host of questions. Are there other assets out there outside the Russian Federation that we don't know about? The Pandora Papers also mention a Swiss bank account. And so... This story, um, as was the case with the the big Russian expose late last year, all raised questions about where is this money from and what can it tell us? Does it tell us anything about her alleged proximity to Russian power? I know you're saying that the, the consequences of this or the takeaways of this go beyond just this apartment in Monaco, but I am curious about the apartment in Monaco. So can you describe this to me? Yeah, so it's situated in this building that is just below the Casino de Monte Carlo, which is mentioned in James Bond and is kind of the center of Monte Carlo and right on the harbor in Monaco, which is a place where billionaires, you know, pull up their yachts so that they can spend time um, if they're jetting around the south of France. Somerset Mom, the writer, famously called Monaco a sunny place for shady people. And that's, I think, because the principality is known primarily for two things, gambling, and it's known as a tax haven. People um, park assets in Monaco often, you know, to not pay taxes on them, to squirrel them away from scrutiny by other countries. 
it's somewhat hard to tell exactly what the apartment is like, but we can deduce a little bit about it by the price that she paid. The British Virgin Islands offshore company that the the documents show she is the beneficial owner of or was until recently the beneficial owner of paid 3.6 million euros in 2003. That same apartment would cost more now. Um, And the kinds of apartments in that building, when you look at the listings that are going for that range of money, are quite large, um, you know, two or three bedroom at least apartments and can rent for 25,000 euros a month. And what are the theories behind where this money could have come from, this, these millions of dollars to buy this apartment? The reality is, is that the documents don't answer that question. Um, there is nothing in the documents that directly ties the money used to purchase this apartment to the Kremlin or Vladimir Putin. What the documents do tell us is that she came to own this apartment. She owned it through a series of opaque financial structures. In 2003, the apartment was purchased for 3.6 million euros. And what we know from separate Russian reporting is that she's alleged to have been in a relationship with Vladimir Putin at that time. So where that money came from is a really good question, especially because a lot of the people in the documents, you know where the money came from. They're the CEO of a bank. They're the CEO of an oil company. They're some scion of a family that has been billionaires for generations. This is not the case here, right? We don't have any explanation for where that money would have been derived from. We have very, very limited information about her business and professional activities. Certainly, it is not the case that she has some high-profile corporate job or something like that that would very obviously immediately explain, you know, her wealth, or she was the daughter of a 1990s Russian oligarch who gave her a whole bunch of money. There's no other obvious explanation in the public domain for her what appears to be quite vast wealth. And obviously, that raises a whole host of accountability questions Hmm. about where are people who are close to Putin personally getting their money and what are they doing with that and how does that intersect with Russian state power? Interesting. Say say more about that. Like the fact that this secretive process was used to buy an apartment for someone allegedly connected to Putin, like what does that say about Putin or about the Russian government? So one of the trends that has been documented now for 21, you know, Putin has been in power for over 20 years now, is the way that people around him who may have previously been wealthy or may not have previously been wealthy have become billionaires. You know, he essentially has created an entire new class of oligarchs. There were the oligarchs who emerged after the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991, in the 1990s, who snapped up state assets. And then there's an entire different crew of people who have also emerged as billionaires since Putin became president, right? And those people often have some personal connection to him. They used to uh, be his judo partner when he was a kid, or there's one of his cousins has amassed a lot of money. You know, I think in many cases, these people would say they have companies that have won contracts fair and square with the Russian government, or their relationship with Putin isn't the reason that they have you know, become very wealthy. But when you look at them, these relationships, the trend line is very clear. You know, 
Putin, who is one of their close relations or childhood friends, becomes president and they get wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. And, and often the way that happens is through state assets or state contracts. And then a lot of times what people would call state favoritism, right? So that, that it's not an accident um, that people who he is friends with, that their companies keep getting really big marquee projects that involve the Russian government. And so I think that is the context that we're looking at this in, right? Which is where did this money come from? And then the other f- trend or I guess, sequence of events that as we know more and more about Putin and his, the circle of people around him that we have, that we see is ways that billionaires who are close to him in some fashion are doing things for people considered close to him. So you sort of see instances of people who have become very, very wealthy being involved with or having transactions involving people who are considered close to Putin, right? And so it's the same phenomenon, like if in the United States, some billionaire were doing favors, you know, mysteriously selling really expensive assets or doing favors for a U.S. president's family member, that would raise a lot of eyebrows, right? Because it's mm-hmm. it's like, this is a weird combination of political influence and money. After the break, why the world's wealthy hide their money in this way. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. So it seems like what's interesting here is not only what was purchased, but how it was purchased and the fact that it was purchased in ways that are somewhat secret. Why bother with that secrecy? Why go through all these extra processes to make sure that it was somewhat obscure who was participating in this transaction? Yeah, so these structures are for people who, for whatever reason, don't want other people to know they own things. There can be nefarious reasons for that, which is wanting to dodge taxes, being involved in some sort of criminality um, that these assets could be the proceeds of. There are other possibly explainable reasons for it, which is, you know, if you live in a country where political winds shift and all of a sudden there is a crackdown and you're going to lose your assets, people obviously don't want them domiciled in the country in question. But, you know, there's a lot of not great reasons uh, for, for using structures like this. It's, it's a question of basically why would anyone want to hide what they own from other people? And any answer that you can come up with to that question is the reason for using one of these structures. Wait, so is this legal? Saying these structures are legal is an interesting question. It is, it is legal to create a shell company in the British Virgin Islands and use that shell company to own property in Monaco. There is nothing legal about that arrangement. But when you find that arrangement, it raises a whole host of other questions that you would have to know the answer to, to know whether there's any illegality involved. Were these assets declared in the home country? Were taxes paid on these assets? Where did the money come from? Was the money derived legally? Was the money moved around the world legally? Was, were taxes paid on that money? So 
what we find here, which is ownership of a property through a shell company, an offshore shell company, there's nothing illegal about that arrangement. But in order to understand whether it's connected to anything questionable or illegal, you'd have to have the answer to a bunch of other questions. And we don't have those answers. Has President Putin or this woman or her daughter responded to the reporting here about the fact that uh, these documents have come up in the Pandora Papers? So earlier this week, Dmitry Peskov, the Kremlin spokesman, said, we didn't see any hidden wealth of Putin's inner circle. Um, And that's just not accurate in terms of what we know from these documents. There are certainly documents in the Pandora Papers that have something to tell us about the wealth of Putin's inner circle. What has been the reaction to this in Russia? The Pandora Papers revelations are coming at the exact same time that Russia is engaging in one of the harshest crackdowns on journalism and political opposition in Putin's time in power. Um, So the publication, Preyek, that initially revealed the existence of this woman and her assets and her daughter, they were subsequently shut down earlier this year on national security grounds. Um, Their editor, who had been being followed, essentially was run out of the country. He's fled the country, believing that he would be the subject of criminal prosecution. And this is a trend that we're seeing across the board in Russia right now. News outlets that were doing some incredible, incredible investigative work, particularly about Putin and people in his inner circle and money, have been forced to flee the country or have been deemed foreign agents, you know, making that their lives very difficult, almost making them unemployable. Or in the case of Project, you know, the, the organization was completely shuttered on national security grounds, which is like almost like the equivalent of deeming it like a terrorist organization. So these revelations are coming at the same time that we are seeing an incredibly aggressive crackdown from Russian authorities on, on journalism and on, on political opposition. You know, it's that that just goes to an even broader question of how do you how do you hold leaders accountable in an authoritarian state? It's very, very, very difficult. You know, we've seen that across the ages. That once once a person has taken power in a country where media freedom has been cracked down on, so people don't have access as much to free information, where political freedoms have been cracked down on, you know, uh, vote rigging, um, unfree elections, then the process by which the public holds its leaders accountable is broken. And I don't think there's any doubt that that is the case in Russia right now. Paul Sony is a national security reporter for The Post. The story was produced by Rennie Svernovsky and edited by Robin Amer. Sean Carter mixed today's show. All week on Post Reports, we have been looking at the biggest revelations from the Pandora Papers. And if you haven't already heard it, I highly recommend going back to listen to Monday's episode, which explored how South Dakota became a favorite place for millionaires and billionaires to hide their money. We'll also put a link to the project in our show notes and at postreports.com. This kind of reporting is only possible because of our subscribers. I hope you'll consider subscribing. Right now, you can try The Post for just a dollar a week, which gets you unlimited access to everything we publish. Learn more at WashingtonPost.com slash subscribe. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. 
I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen.